1: Hello everybody and welcome to Just the Sip. It is the first week of Black History Month and also Valentine's Day is around the corner, so my guest today is going to talk to us about a little thing called love. Her name is Miss Diane Valentine.
0: Good morning. How you- are you?
1: I'm good. You look fabulous as always.
0: Thank you. You look pretty handsome yourself.
1: You know what, D? I'm in quarantine, girl. I don't give a okay? I am just like, there ain't no man about to touch this. So I'm just, I'm maintaining at this point.
0: Well, I am still trying to shed at least my Corona 15. I probably shed about seven.
1: By the way, don't lose those curves. You know (laughs) the men's love those curves.
0: But see, the curves can quickly turn into lumps if we're not careful. That's (laughs) what I'm trying to avoid.
1: Oh, my God. Now, are you doing this for yourself? Are you trying to shed those 15 for yourself? Are you trying to shed those 15 for somebody else?
0: Well, I will tell you, it is always for self, because the greatest love affair I will ever have starts right here at home.
1: How long did it take you to get? Because I'm sure back in the cut, you were chasing after- Boys, you were doing the. I can't believe I'm going back to this mother again. Like, when did your mind warp to I need to do this? I need to love myself before I can love anybody else?
0: Well, It's really interesting because I grew up uh, raised by my mom and my dad. My father was an amazing, amazing man. And he told me that I was beautiful and capable and smart and brilliant Mm -hmm. every day. So I really grew up with a male figure giving me such a high self-esteem. And then when I was in high school, I had a moment of insanity. And I thought this bad boy... This boy, this person who was so wrong for me was the answer to everything I ever wanted.
1: Was he fine?
0: I thought he was at the time. Now, when I look at him today, I'm like, girl. (laughs) You were were champion. But back then, I thought he was. And I feel like for a moment, you know, a, a couple of years, I forgot who I was. Yeah. And it took me going through really, really, really bad, abusive, you know, awful relationship for me to just kind of wake up and say, wait a minute, my father never talked to me that way. You know, my father treated me like a queen. Why would I ever allow somebody else to do that?
1: How long did you stay in that nasty ass sandbox?
0: I stayed in that about three, three and a half years. And the thing about toxic relationships is that it's not really any kind of physical abuse that gets you. It's always, the, right. it's always the verbal abuse. And it's always the the manipulation of the mind that really makes you believe like all the bad things somebody tells you are true. And And you were lucky because, and I say this, there's a
1: lot of women out there who didn't grow up with that daddy that made them feel like a queen, you know, on a daily basis. You were lucky that you grew up that way What do you think would have happened to you had you not had that male example in your life? Is that how the cycle continues?
0: I will say that is certainly how the cycle becomes so prevalent amongst women. Is that, you know, great father figure. It shapes the trajectory of our lives in so many ways and so many different forms it comes out. So I won't say that you know without my dad i would not have you know grown up to be you know this woman with a high self esteem but it certainly has helped and i think for women that don't have it they have to dig deeper and dig harder and look for other examples to reassure them that they are beautiful they're gorgeous they're capable they're worthy
1: okay now i'm playing devil's advocate because you know a bitch played in the same sandbox as you And sometimes I think that you can't see the red flags. I think a lot of times people are in so deep into the toxicity that they don't even realize that they're drowning. What are some signs that you might be in a motherfucking toxic relationship?
0: (laughs) Well, first thing first, I think people always see the red flags. Always. But we ignore them, particularly women. Women have this thing where they just feel like they can fix everybody and we can love you. You know, our love is strong enough to change your bad behavior and that we can, we can make you into this Prince and we really cannot, you know, I'm yeah. constantly talking to my clients and like the last thing you want to do, girl is adult adoption. If he is not Ooh. ready to be fully and capable grown ass man, don't you try to come in and flip the script on him. It's not going to work.
1: Because you know what, when you meet a man at that age, nine times out of ten, you ain't changing nobody at that point. And the man say this: If you get a man, if you one of those women out there or men, like because you know I date men. If you date somebody, you date a man, and your man is uh, over the age of thirty, there is a ninety percent chance that that man is set in his ways.
0: Absolutely true, and you know child psychologists tell us that children develop their you know personality and all of their developmental traits in the first five years of life so if they are developed in the first five years of life how do you think when you reach him at the age of 20 that you can somehow change characteristics that he did not grasp at home
1: I can always tell what a man's going to be like by the way he interacts with his mama okay you show me. me that mama you show me that mama at that first sunday dinner i'm looking at how she makes his food if she makes his food how she talks to other people about talking to him a certain type of way like i can always tell and it's always like if you date the oldest son or the youngest son <laughs> you're screwed you are screwed
0: okay like facts big facts you you're done you're done my husband is very doting on his mother. You know, he opens every door for her and, you know, she wants coffee. He's the first to get up and run and get it. And, you know, she's ready to go. He's grabbing her handbag and her sweater. And I just used to watch him like, now if he loved this woman like this. That means he going to take care of me.
1: Oh, 100 percent. You know, it's so funny because I was watching TV one day and your show came on. Yeah. And I used to tell, if you guys have not seen it, it's called To Rome from Love. And I used to tell everybody when I went to Italy, I was like, bitch, they love us in Italy. Like, you cannot walk down the street without, like, an Italian man coming up to you, telling you you're so beautiful. Like, it's oddly weird. Like, I thought they thought I was T. Diggs. Like, there was like a weird thing going on in, in Rome. And I should say, a lot of men too are afraid to date outside of their comfort zone because we see people who normally just marry people they went to high school with, which is not wrong. But I feel like they don't really get to experience everything because they're so stuck in their comfort zone.
0: I think that people are creatures of habit. And I think that if my mother did it and it worked or my dad did it and it worked or my brother did it and it worked, that I'm going to do the exact same thing. Now, what I find and how our show came to be is that black women are the least likely of any ethnicity to date outside of their race.
1: Which is crazy. And I, I, I you know what? Having two sisters, I like I it took me a minute to like figure it out. But why is that?
0: Because I I feel and and okay I don't want to get deep, but I got to get a little deep on you. Come
1: on. Come on. This is this is called Just a Sip. I'm sitting here waiting for it.
0: (laughs) So, look, the thing is that, you know, black men have really had to deal with some really significant challenges in America of just being Black in America, from slavery to racism to discrimination to all of those things. And so if you think back during slavery, Black women was the only thing holding the family together. We were beat, we were raped, we were abused. And somehow we had to keep the family together, keep everything intact, raise the children, be there for our men. We yeah. often were abused by our men because of what they had to deal with when they left the house. And so I think that Black women are loyal almost to a fault sometimes because Black women are also the most likely to be in long-term abusive relationships. You're (laughs) right. But I also
1: find it very interesting that, you know, it's funny to me that when, you know, Black men date outside their race, I feel like there's so much backlash. Immediately there's backlash. I feel like, but I feel like when black women do take the the step and black women do step out on the plank and do get into the milky white pond, the backlash isn't as heavy on black women. Why is that?
0: I love, love, love talking about this stuff. Okay, so here is the thing I told you that black women are the least likely to date other ethnicities, black men are the most likely. To date, other ethnicities, and so when black men date other women, and, and black and black women or black men, whether you're gay or straight, we feel completely betrayed. We feel that we have been down for you. We didn't visited you in prison. We didn't wrote you letters. We didn't pick you up in yes. your, your car. We have we we've been down for you.
1: And we the- made sure you were dressed. You were looking fly as yes. when you were broke. <laughs>
0: And black men have been so easily to date outside their race. so black women take it incredibly personal when that happens. But the other thing, and this is a really this is the really key factor, is that in the home, right? you always have a female energy and a male energy in the home, right? Mm-hmm. So in most traditional relationships, women are the primary decision makers in the home. Yeah and so and so when when a black man, you know, decides to marry or start a relationship or, you know, be involved with someone of another ethnicity, whoever plays that female role in the home, they drive the decisions for the family. Yes. So the children play with kids that usually, the, the female the female energy chooses, yeah. you know, that they grow up in a neighborhood that the female energy chooses. They assimilate to communities that the the wife or the female energy assimilates to. When black women choose to date other ethnicities, we bring our culture with us. We don't let you forget that we are black women. We don't right. let you forget the struggle that we have because we are black. And see, black men get a pass when they choose to yeah. date other ethnicities. And what makes it even worse is that black women get accused of being angry and aggressive and haters and all this. Shit. And it's like, do you realize the weight that is on our shoulder? The last thing we want to fight is whether or not you are going to be loyal to us.
1: I get that. No, I get that. And it, it really, it really does make sense. What I'm wondering is though, too, because, you know, rap, you know, has caused this, you know, exotic woman dating a Brazilian, dating a this or that. When do you think the flip was where black women started feeling okay about dating outside their race because and even like even white women because I feel like save the last dance came out in 2001 or something and everybody was like julia star oh no and kerry washington was like not a white girl gonna date my brother like so I think it goes both ways. But when did the acceptance, like, when did it become OK, passe, in pop culture, where, where like, we were like, OK, it's OK to date white men now. Like, what was that turning point, you think?
0: You know, I think that Black women still get the back the backlash, even from it today. But, you know, it became a time, and I'll take it back to mass incarceration of Black men, right, mm-hmm. where the available numbers of Black men started to diminish, when you think about the number uh, that have suffered from mass incarceration in this country. Right. And then, then you, then you compare that with educational levels and income levels and success. And it's a diminishing number of black men. And so black women start to say, wow, do I really want to be alone or am I possibly going to learn how to love who loves me? Yes. Yes. And yes. And yes. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: I'm a child of the nineties. I remember watching Sex in the City and Samantha had a boyfriend who was black and the sister was yeah. mad about it. I remember watching Jungle, Fieber, a yes. full-on movie about interrace, race you know, relationships. And for some reason, I feel like the generation behind me doesn't even feel like they are comfortable about dating outside their race. My sister still feels a way about dating outside of her race. And it's 2021. When do you think, as a society, we're going to stop caring about what other race we're dating and that we're just with somebody that we love.
0: I wish I could say, I see the day when we don't see color. I just don't think it's gonna happen in this lifetime. I really don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I do think that people um, are are beginning to choose happiness first. And that's a great sign, right? My stepfather, current stepfather is Filipino. When my mother married my stepfather, she actually was married to him for over 10 years and never met his mother because his entire family was racist.
1: And they were against the whole thing.
0: They were against it entirely. His mother died and I never met the woman. She never met my mother. So I don't think that the world will ever get there per se. I just think individually we're getting there. And, and primarily it is because, think back, right? In the eighties and then the nineties is when we started seeing a lot more black men dating, you know, interracially marrying other women, you know? And so now today's generation is a product of all of those interracial relationships. And so all the right. children are mixed. So when you grow right. up, you're black and you're white, you are like, well, which one am I? I don't see color because, you know, when I go to my family reunions, I'm black. And then when I go to church, we sit in silence and I'm white. And it's yeah. just a melting pot of all of all cultures.
1: Have you ever did it outside of your race?
0: I have plenty of times before I got married.
1: When was the first time you had a like significant relationship with a man outside of your race?
0: Um, I'm originally from Oakland. So before I moved to L.A., which was probably my first interracial relationship, was about 25 years ago.
1: 25 years ago. Yes. Were you afraid to, and you live in a place, you live in Oakland. So Oakland was, you know, it was free. It was California. But still, it was not Sam Rand. It was Oakland. Right. Did you feel some type of way, or did you get more pushback from the Black community or from the white community because ah. I know when I walk in, I know when I walk into a bar or into a restaurant with someone who's not black, I know, I know where I get the looks from.
0: Okay. You know, in my experience, I always got more issue from white than black. I got greater acceptance You know, when I would bring guys home that weren't Black, my mother, my family, my sisters would be so welcoming. And, hey, come on in. And have you ever had collard greens? Well, we're going to get you some today. And they were always very accepting. You know, whether we went to church or whether we were around my friends, it was always just okay. But it never felt okay around his family. It never felt okay around his colleagues because it was always like, eventually somebody would say something inappropriate. Something that was like nice nasty with a little racial tension in there. And you just be like, Hmm. wait, wait, hold up. Did he just insult me?
1: Rewind that, rewind that. Bob, can you rewind that one more time? Right. You know, I have a cousin who's kind of like a sister to me, and I always say she's single, she was single for a long time. She's not finally found somebody. she's 36, 37. but for the longest time, I was like, you know, maybe you should try to date outside your race. I think you might actually like it. And she would, I think she had these misconceptions about dating a white man that were dated, but I think she had them because she didn't know any different. You know what I mean? So and I think we have all these misconceptions like the food is bland. Everybody's family is going to be racist. They're at like, you know, like you just you go through all these things. And yes. and she's like, I don't know. Like, how do I take my wig off in front of him? Like the same way you take it off in front right. of a plug? You just whip the bitch off. Like, you know, you have your ponytail wig in the bathroom, but you just whip the bitch off. Right. So it's, I just feel like there's a lot of unspoken misconceptions about dating outside your own race on both ends
0: I, I I agree and I feel that there is a lot of intolerance of cultural differences and mm-hmm. you know we as as a black woman I am culturally different than a white man or an Italian man or a Greek man like we we move different we hear things different you know yes. different and that's okay. But you know, like when we were doing like To Roam for Love, right? A lot of the women on our show were upset because Italian men wanted to touch their hair. They wanted to be like, you know, like, how did you do that? How did you get it that way? How is it so curly and so beautiful? And they were so highly offended. And I had to tell them like, don't be offended. How about just have a conversation about it?
1: Yes, and yes.
0: This is why I feel offended when you touch my hair. Like, you can't do that. Like, you you just can't violate my personal space in that way. Now, if you are curious, ask a question. But that doesn't give you a right to touch my hair. Touch my hair. You wouldn't walk up to me and touch my breast. For sure.
1: Oh, 100%. But I also feel like you know, people don't realize what a crown it is for black women. You know what I mean? Like some people don't realize what a crown it is and what it represents and all of these things. So for myself, I sometimes, because I do date, I like to call it, I like to internationally date. I don't say interracial because a bitch be going everywhere. Okay. She dated a Greek. She's had an Italian, you know, had a Russian, like, I like, I personally, this is some inside tea.
0: Uh
1: I personally like to date a man who grew up completely opposite from me. Okay, okay. I want someone who does not have one thing. I don't want somebody who grew up with one thing in common for me. I feel like I do my best Uh learning in a relationship Hmm. and learning about other people's experiences And finding ways that we, you know, um, as people have the same similarities. So like, yes, you might not have grown up like me, but in Italian culture, the grandmother is the Don. In black culture, the grandmother is the Don. Ha ha, we have a similarity. Now keep in mind, your ass was eating pasta every other day. My ass had rice and gravy, totally different situations, but the same person prepared it. It was important to that person that you showed up at dinner and you sat down after church and you met with one another. These are the comparisons that I love, but Mm -hmm. I just love learning about another culture. So that's where I'm coming from.
0: I think it's great. I think you are enlightened in ways that most people are not. Because even I've even worked with men that I have taken to Europe to date internationally and. I mean, almost 90% of the time they get there. And I'm like, where are all the black men? And I'm like, hello, we're in Italy. Italy why, yeah. why, why would you hire me and spend all this money on this fabulous trip to tell me where are the black men? <laughs> I'm like, what is that? you
1: doing, honey?
0: <laughs>
1: it's so crazy. Cause I tell my friend, like after I discovered Europe, it was like, I was 25, 26 when I discovered Europe. I took a chance. I went. I was working on a TV show. They were filming in London. I decided to take an extra week and go to Paris and check out Italy. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, it was like somebody had beam me up to a UFO. I was like, I rang a bell. I wanted to tell everybody. I was like, yo, if we go to Europe and you can't get at least three numbers in the first 72 hours, you're not you're not open you're not doing something right because these motherfuckers i could have one eye and three teeth they are still trying to get at this melanin and it's so funny because i brought them to we went to greece first and then we went to italy and they were like we didn't even we had a horrible time we didn't meet anybody i'm like I saw you guys aren't open. You yeah. guys aren't open and inviting and letting people know that you're into finding love. Meanwhile, my ass is on the back of a motherfucking Vespa going to cafe with motherfucking Ole. Like every day, Oleg pick me up. Like, so I just think it's about being open to the idea and the experience that I feel like a lot of people who aren't in that Gen Z moment. Yes. Can't really appreciate and don't really do.
0: I agree. And, you know, the the hardest thing to teach people is that love looks different to everybody on the planet, but love is also colorless. And if you can find it in any color on the planet, that is a blessing because most people, there's a huge percentage of people that go through life and never find love. And that, to me, is the worst kind of saddest existence there is.
1: I haven't found it yet.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, maybe that's because you keep liking these opposites.
1: I know. I know. And it's so crazy because I feel like, to be completely honest, I am so comfortable being by myself. It kind of scares me. And, you know, before the pandemic, my -hmm. goal for 2020 was to not only find somebody, but to put myself out there more and meet different kinds of people and try to find someone who resembled somebody that I would want to spend my life with, like start looking for a more serious relationship. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic came, slowed that down and I've been really happy being alone. I don't know why. And I'm scared.
0: That is probably the number one reason why people talk themselves out of great love affairs. So I applaud you for even uttering that word, the big F word, big F bomb, because that is what holds so many people back. And we blame it on other stuff. Like when you were tearing with me, like you like people that are completely different, didn't grow up any any way you grew up. That's the most surefire way to avoid love is to say, I don't want anybody who is um understands me or grew up the way I grew up or any or it has any kind of similarities like that is the that's the hardest part because opposites attract but opposite yeah. they rarely last
1: you think
0: I know for sure baby let me tell you something if you want to spend happily ever after with somebody you better have some stuff in common because love comes in goals like comes in goals.
1: <laughs> Diane I'm gonna say something and as a love expert, you're going to call me foolish. And I'm going to say, Diane, don't call me foolish. And then you're going to go on to explain while I'm foolish.
0: Okay.
1: I don't know if it's because I grew up in a family where my parents weren't together when I was younger. Like, I don't remember my mom and dad being together. I often feel like, and I could be wrong, uh-huh. that sometimes you don't find your forever Sometimes you find that person that's supposed to be in that part of your life and that person is supposed to be in your part of your life for a certain reason. It might not be forever, but damn it, it's going to be worth it. So I often feel like Elizabeth Taylor in the
0: sense that I might have more than one forever man. I do believe that people can have more than one soulmate. I also believe that just because you find your soulmate doesn't mean you find them for forever. However...
1: Damn, I knew there was a but.
0: However, if you keep running from love, you will never find, you will never even make yourself available to the possibility of having a soulmate forever. Because whatever you believe, you're right. If you believe that you're going to find your soulmate and you're going to grow old together, guess what? That is what you will do. But if you believe that I would never spend a lifetime with anybody, then that's what you're going to do as well.
1: You know what? But am I wrong for thinking like, yes, you know, I'm wrong.
0: Yes, you're wrong. You are absolutely wrong because we have to learn to operate in possibilities. Yes. We're in a place of lack, always in a place of better is coming. Greatness is coming. No different. You know, look, at look at your career. You have an amazing career. No different than yeah. you believe that you are entitled to success. It is it is it is waiting on you. It has your name on it. You're going to go on and do tremendous things in your career because you believe it and you demonstrate it every day when that camera comes on.
1: Diane,
0: More than just talent. It is something in you that says, I belong here, I deserve this, and I'm going to go and get what's mine. But you don't feel that way when it comes to love.
1: Because it's hard in the gay community, Diane. It's a bitch. It is Jumanji out here. I'm done rolling those dice. It is crazy out here. Instagram and online dating and all those things have kind of sort of messed up. I feel... I'm not a readily available kind of dude. I'm an old school. I like to walk into a restaurant. I always go to a restaurant 15 minutes early if I know it's like a gay popping restaurant. I sit by myself at the bar. I hope that a man comes up and offers to buy me a cocktail. I order a gin and tonic and I offer him to sit next to me. Nobody does that anymore. Everybody waits for you to leave and they say, oh, hey, I just saw you in the restaurant. You were looking good. I'm like, why the did you not just come up and say, hey, what's up? Like, I feel like I'm just like, I'm an old woman stuck in this body and I don't know how to operate online. I don't.
0: I believe that social media has definitely changed the dating scene. But I also feel like like all of my gay friends have such unrealistic expectations when it comes to love. They all, they all feel they all feel like, where are all the men? Like, why hasn't he came in and swept me off my feet? And I'm just like, what makes you think you are a husband material? Have you evaluating that
1: wait so you're saying it might be me
0: i'm just saying whenever anything in our lives is not aligning the way we want it to align the first place we look is in the mirror not the last place the first place because look again i use your career as an example you are a powerful man Look at what you have created coming from Louisiana. You have this extraordinary life, this beautiful extraordinary career that you created. You have the power to create whatever love life you want. You just don't believe it's possible.
1: Diane, okay, this is called just the sip, not just the read. Okay, I did not come on this show to be read by your ass. Like I came here to talk ah. about your damn book and your damn style because you're damn cute i did not come here but you know what i think you are very correct because i feel like a lot of times we are blamed for choosing our careers first before finding love like for me as a man i want to be able to say i'm in the best place in my career and i can take care of myself and my affairs before i open up my heart to someone else because if i'm going to get in a relationship with somebody I want to come to the table knowing that, you know, I can be and give my all. But right now at 34, I'm really trying to make this career thing happen. There's some other things that I want to do. And I just get afraid that I'm going to let someone's expectations down. So I feel like not that I'm choosing career over love. I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to get the money right so I can keep my man tight. I
0: hear that excuse Oh, no, not an excuse, I, Diane. I say you absolutely can have it all. Absolutely.
1: You guys do your homework, okay? Diane's book, Going the Distance for Love, 22 Tips on Handling Your Issues and Finding Love Wherever It May Be is out. Are you on the audiobook? Because that's important for me.
0: No, I'm not. I need to record it.
1: Oh. You need to record that audio book no, because- I-,
0: I need to record it.
1: I feel like people need to hear this in your own voice.
0: I agree. I've been lacking, I've been slacking. When we want something, we do it. When we want it bad enough, we do it.
1: Diane, we love you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I love you and I want you to find love. I can't wait until you do. God, the universe, however you deem it, does not give us the desires of our heart until we are ready to receive them. And we are never ready to receive them until it is in the fullness of time, which means we have to be whole, we have to be complete, we have to deal with our own issues, we have to deal with our wants, our dislikes, our likes, we have to deal with what is keeping us stuck in the first place. And then once we clear out the, 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 the garbage, if you will, that is when we open up our lives, our hearts, our minds, our souls to receive the love we have yearned for our entire lives.
1: And I'm gonna leave y'all with that. Take that. Put that on a postcard, everybody. Give it up for Diane Valentine. Thank you so much, Ms. Diane.
0: Yeah, good to see you.
1: You guys, thanks for listening. And do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at the Ladysitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity.